Welcome to the More Than Corporate podcast, where we discuss finding fulfillment, defining success, and living your best life. There's no roadmap to success, no one-size-fits-all answer to fulfillment. I believe it requires us all to be vulnerable and authentic about what we want to accomplish and have the courage to step out of our comfort zone to chase our dreams. Keep listening to hear stories from inspiring people who make it their mission to live their best life every day. Welcome back to another episode of the More Than Corporate Podcast. I am so excited to have a really cool interview with both Cody and Jackie Martin. This will be a two-person interview. Cody and Jackie Martin had chased and found what everybody told them they needed to be successful good paying jobs, a big house with a pool, and a nanny to help take care of their kids. But after 12 years in their government and corporate jobs, they had to do something different. They realized that they only get one life and it was up to them on what to do with it. Life on the other side hasn't been easy, but three years later, they've emerged with meaning and a much healthier definition of success. I really enjoyed this interview, and I am so looking forward to you hearing from Cody and Jackie Martin. Really quickly, before we jump into this, this episode is brought to you by Success Development Solutions and the Define Your Life Mastermind. If you or someone you know has ever said the words, I'll be happy when, I just need to keep, insert whatever you think is going to make you happy here, losing weight, working hard, building my career, and then I'll be happy. If you've ever felt like you've done everything you're supposed to do, yet life isn't turning out the way you expected. If it seems like something is missing despite others telling you how successful you are, then the Define Your Life Mastermind is for you. The most powerful question anybody ever asked me is what does success mean to you? And as I've explored this topic on my podcast and with my coaching clients, it's become clear that most people don't ask and answer this question enough. The Define Your Life Mastermind is designed to help you get clear on what success means, what a well-rounded life looks like, and what your best life feels like. Once you know that, you can build a business that fits into the life that you want and surround yourself with people who give you the courage to step out of your comfort zone to live this vision. If this sounds like something that you or someone you know needs in their life, head over to defineyourlife.morethancorporate.com for more information and to schedule a call to see if we're a good fit to work together. I'm super excited to connect with you and help you reach your goals. And without further ado, let's go ahead and jump into this interview with Cody and Jackie Martin. Jackie, Cody, thank you so much for coming on the show with me. I really appreciate it. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thank you. I am so excited. And we were just talking before we came on about the fact that, and we're going to get into this a little bit or a lot with the intro, the fact that you guys both walked away from these super stable positions to chase your passions and your idea of success. And I am super intrigued with that. So why don't we kind of start with um, what it was like for you guys in the corporate and law enforcement world, where you guys came from and a little bit about your background. Yeah. So, so we, we got married, right. We met in college, got married at right out of college and we were on the path. I think that we were expected to follow. Cody had his master's degree. I graduated with my bachelor's and we just jumped headfirst into working. We moved across the country for our dream jobs. I got into pharmaceutical marketing, really jumping quick into doing digital marketing for Fortune 500 companies and travel and just like all the stuff that comes with it. And Cody jumped headfirst into his government job. And so we were both just for a long time, working very long, demanding hours. We moved far, far away from our family, bought a house at the high point of like 2005. So that was like our first house. And we did, again, what we thought we were supposed to do, which was buy this big, big house we didn't have furniture for. It was at the top of our budget. Um, it was like two people for this, you know, 2,500 square foot home. It was just like all the things, right? You're supposed to go out and get of a, course. A yeah. and cars and and we d- went and did it. And we did that for a long time, for, I don't even know, 13 years. Yeah, and we, we did it because we were expected to. That was kind of our, our thought process was that, you know, even from early on, there's kind of been this plan that you're supposed to follow, right, that defines success for you. So that's what we had, we had been told. And that's kind of the route we followed. And that'll lead us to the rest of the story here in a little bit. Over the time, we, we soon found out that that wasn't necessarily the case, wasn't necessarily the best route. 
Yeah, I think it's so interesting what you guys just said in so many different areas, but especially the house thing, because, you know, we were talking before and and my listeners know I have my own law firm, I have the podcast, I have a coaching business, and I am completely happy in my apartment right now. Like, I don't need to go out and buy a house. And people that come from an older generation are like, what do you mean you don't want to buy a house? Right. Um, And there are definitely benefits to that in certain ways, but the idea that that's what you were supposed to do is kind of how the prior generation defined success and deviating from that is insane. So I think it's really cool that you guys kind of noticed that and was like, this is not for me. Um, let's yeah, talk about, we, well, we oh, hit on it early because we then moved in 2008 and right, literally we bought at the height of costs for homes and try to sell at the, and during the recession. And we just, that was one of the factors that hit us was like, wait a second, you're supposed to buy a house because it always gains value. Yeah. Well, that's actually not true. I mean, we ended up selling it for two thirds of what we, you know, years later, we had to eat our losses on it because of the recession. And so all of a sudden what you believe in starts to unravel and you start to realize that these guarantees, like I will always make money on a home. That's just not true. Yeah. And those guarantees, obviously they span through so many different mindsets, but one of them is obviously Cody, you coming from a federal position and Jackie, you coming from a corporate position that is as close to guaranteed income as people think you can get. And one of the biggest perceptions that it's so hard for some people to understand is that you're not guaranteed in either of those. And I think what we're dealing with in the middle of COVID right now is complete proof of that. Like it could explode at any point in time. So when you guys decided like this just isn't working for me or for us and we want to make a change, did that happen at the same time for you guys or did somebody decide first and kind of the other person follow? We were both, we were both feeling it independently, but we, we hadn't really engaged one another on the topic. And then I don't, I don't know what spurred the conversation one day. One of the other brought up the subject matter and we were both like, yes, we've both been feeling the same thing. So it was kind of at that like point that we knew. Unsatisfaction. I think yeah, we were just, both feeling unsatisfied. Yeah. There was a lot of that going on and we knew, you know, it was kind of up to us to change that. Now that doesn't mean that we took action immediately, but yeah. that's when we came to that reality that, Hey, this isn't working. You know, this, this plan that we've been on. So we need to make some change. Well, and it's, it's kind of interesting because I think a lot of your listeners might be in this position because they feel, they, they feel that way. And I remember it was 2011, 2010, I was pregnant with our first daughter when we had this conversation. Like, oh my gosh, you feel the same way. And the awesome thing about it is we pretty much did nothing except for, for like five years. You know, so you feel this way. And then like, what did we do to compensate for it? Uh, he got promoted. I got promoted. Uh, we had a second child because that makes it so much easier. That so, things, yeah. so you, you're dealing with these, these conflicting views in your head of like, this isn't working. So let me just work harder at what I have in front of me and thinking it's going to go away and it doesn't. And it, and it really kind of made it worse. Yeah, yeah. I'm so glad that you brought that up because those promotions and the higher that you get up on the totem pole and the higher your income gets makes it so much harder to walk away because I think the biggest things that people experience in that is I have to support my family. I have a a house. I have a way of lifestyle that I need to support. And the more that you're able to go up that totem pole and increase your income, the harder it is to walk away from that. So as far as your family, when you were both kind of feeling this way, what was that final straw for you guys that was like, okay, we just can't do this anymore? Because I'm sure that it was stressful for both of you to be in positions where, (laughs) and, and I tell people that the reason I bring this up and you can go as far into or not into it as you want. But I talk to people all the time who leave marriages or leave a job or leave things like that because they think that's the problem without acknowledging that they're just unfulfilled. So what was that moment for you guys that you were like, we have got to make a change? I think for one of the catalysts was, um, well, you mentioned earlier, right? A, a Typically your government uh, jobs are very secure and you don't really have to worry about a whole lot. And in saying that, I mean, there are people who do, who do crazy things and they're able to keep their jobs and they just maintain their way of life. So it's very secure in that regard. Um, however, you know, I had a couple of close uh, coworkers who one did lose his job and one almost did. And all of a sudden there was a reality of, hey, 
this is not as secure as people think it is, and it can be stripped away from you in a moment's notice. So for me, and, and then, you know, we share some of this beliefs, Jackie and I, but it's like, hey, I need to be in control or we need to be in control of our lives and not somebody else. So that was kind of one of the big things. And then again, like added stress, responsibility, and, you know, as you take on more and then, you know, you're sacrificing time somewhere. So the more you do for your job or things like that, the less you are investing in your family. And, you know, the weight of that's pretty, is pretty heavy and it's out of balance. So that was kind of the big thing for me. And I know Jackie has some, some different thoughts on that, but. So this is 2016, 15, somewhere in there. And, you know, we had on that, from the outsider perspective, we had a really nice house with a pool and new cars. And we had a full-time nanny for our two kids. And the problem was, is that being 30, how old was I? 34, 33, 34, and Cody in his late thirties, you're kind of in this next stage of your career where you're getting promoted and asked to take on additional work. And so here I am coming off of a year of having two kids where you, you're not really, you know, you're spending evenings with them, but you're up all night with them. And we would kind of get into this marriage, like who's, if the, if our nanny was sick, whose job is more important to have to get to go to work while the other person stays, right? So that's like stress on your marriage. And then it's like, I have to go on a work trip because I was traveling and I'm a consultant. Well then, you know, Cody's supposed to have his responsibilities for work, but now his time, you know, he's supposed to be working 10 hour days so that now his time is cut because our nanny can't work those hours. Right. So we kind of started to get into this, like whose career is more important at this point. And then Cody was having health issues like chronic headaches. And so he would, you know, struggle with these. And like, so finally we just had this come to Jesus meet moment uh, where, you know, the, the marriage discussions that go until like five o'clock in the morning, <laughs> it's just like something triggers it. And I didn't know, we didn't know what, but it was like, this cannot continue. That was pretty much like, it wasn't like our yeah. marriage, but it was like, this situation is not working and we know it hasn't been working and we're finally going to do something about it. We didn't know what it was going to be, but we did know that like, this is not working. And I had lost the man I married and he lost the woman he married. Cause we were both just like all over. And that was it. It was just like, there was this one night where we would just both were like, this is done. We're changing. Yeah. It. You know? Yeah. And, and that's so it's powerful that it kind of came at the same time for you guys, because that, that struggle is something that I don't think people talk about enough. Um, the way that you put it, I think was perfect of whose job is more important. And that's such a ridiculous question to have to answer. It's like, <laughs> um, especially when you're talking about something like your kids, right? Because mm -hmm. that should never have to be a conversation that comes into play when you're saying, do I go to work or do I take care of my children? Yeah. Right. Right. And you're, we were both struggling with like, you know, and then our, our we're, I mean, I, I loved our nanny. She was a great fit for our family, but at the end of the day, you're like, this is what I wanted. I didn't have kids to pay somebody else to do this stuff. I didn't get married to not see each other. I didn't buy this house to never be able to enjoy it. So all of a sudden these things, these lies, I think that you're told, you start to see how it's not real. It's what you were told is not right. And it's so painful to finally get to that point to admit, wait a second, this is, this is not true. And, yeah, and, and part it's of hard. It, right. And part of it is it, it's painful at that moment because you realize it's been going on for so long, but it's kind of been, you know, you don't, you don't realize it during the process until it all came uh, to fruition there. And so I think that's part of what made it difficult or hard, but also good because, you know, it was very clear what we needed to do at that point. So it was good and bad. I mean, it was, you know, um, admitting you, to didn't, you didn't want it to lead up to that, but yeah. at the same time, you're like, Hey, finally, you know, now we know that we need to make some change and we can do something about this. So it's fixable. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, I always tell people and this falls just right in line with that, that you'll stay in that situation until it's more comfortable to leave than it is to sit there. And it yeah. normally takes yeah. getting to that bottom point where no matter what the consequences are of leaving, they're better than the crap that you're dealing with right then. So you guys have two very stable jobs. You've got a family. You realize that this just isn't working for you. What steps did you start to take to get yourself out of that? I, was it a slow process or were you both like cut ties and figure it out? It was kind well, we, of a little bit of both almost, yeah. wouldn't you say? 
Yeah, we start, we so we decided to start a business, which has its own story. <laughs> which has its own story. Yeah, that's a little bit. Yeah. And so you know that was part of it is like okay now we are still working our high demanding jobs we're still raising two really young children and let's just add on to that by starting the business. <laughs> but, but you know what was cool about it is like it was okay because for us there was a there was a path. Yeah. It's like you can deal with it emotionally better because you know you're not ending it now, but you have something, something. Yeah, yeah you've started to make change, which right. is good. Yeah, I think it's kind of that light at the end of the tunnel idea, right? Like, you know, you're not going to have to put all those hours in forever because eventually this business is yes. theoretically going to pay off. Right. So, yep. right. So we started that and then it was like, we knew he had, he, Cody had to work in the office. And part of ours, we were like, we need to, we want to get away and move back to where Cody grew up, which is out in rural, uh, kind of a smaller town, Texas. And we knew that to do that, we, he couldn't have his job. And so like at this, we kind of got to this point where we were like, we just have to do this. We, we know that if we, cause that's the problem. If you stay making the money, then it changes so much slower. But if you just like rip off the bandaid, yeah. And jump in with both feet. Like we knew that we just had to do it. And so he, like, we literally, we decided and <laughs> I like put in my notice like the next day. Yeah. So it, it happened very perfect. fast once we made the decision. And everyone yeah. freaked out. And I bet, I bet. So let's talk about family for just a minute. Did your family think that you were insane? <laughs> well, Cody's family is kind of like, sure, that's great. You're moving back home. I want to see my grand, you know, grandkids more. They were like fine with it. My dad is like retired military officer, very, this regimented. is regimented, yeah. like this is not, and I, I, I mean, I have a great dad. He's just, is very, you know, like I was raised right in this mindset and like, you have to go, you pay your dues, you retire at 65. Yeah. Like that's what you do. And so like, I mean, I even had a conversation with him last night and he brought up again this and here we are <laughs> five years later. I'm like, dad, he quit. We're good. Everything's fine. But it was, it was hard because we had a couple of friends who had heard our hearts about this years before, and they were really excited for us. And I think that's important to have like a couple champions yes. in your life. But in terms of family, you know, I have like a sister that's a nurse who's worked at the same hospital for 20 years. I've got two sisters that are teachers. And then I have my dad who's ex-retired military. And so like they all come from the government large corporation type jobs. And so it did not go well. Like it was just like, this is not, they were not supportive and that's hard. It's hard when you get that pushback. Yeah, absolutely. And how much of that, I mean, you guys had each other obviously, which I think is fantastic because when you get that pushback and you're able to kind of bounce off of each other for support, um, did you guys ever have uh, a moment where you're like, maybe we made a bad mistake or was it kind of like, we know this oh, yeah. is right. We just got to figure it out. You know, I mean, it's, we knew it was right, but we still had those moments. I mean, even to today, you know, yeah. it's like, especially with what's going on now and, you know, that kind of puts a, it adds another layer when you work for yourself, especially it adds another layer of uncertainty. So you're like, man, you know, if I, if I was still working at my previous job, I would be sitting at home collecting a paycheck, regardless of what I was doing. Now it's like, well, we still have to, you know, make money. We still have to pay the bills and we're dealing with a global pandemic that's kind of taken everything and put put the brakes to it so um, or our daughter yeah, it was has definitely, like yeah. some health some health issues and so mm -hmm. every once in a while Cody will be like you know if I had just kept my job we would have had that good government insurance yeah and, you know, you have those moments like it is not I that's the annoying thing is like people if you watch like people's success stories they're always like yeah you know it's really hard to start that you know apple computer in the you know, in, in the basement and then, oh, but by the way, now we're a gazillion dollar company. And they kind of skip all of yes. that stuff in the middle where it's literally a roller coaster of emotions where like yeah. in one day you can feel like this is the best decision ever. And you feel it's the worst decision ever. And you go through that roller coaster 10 times. Yeah. And that's just, but even on the bad days, yeah, on the bad days, it's still better though. So, <laughs> you know, you know, so it's still, it's a million times better, even though, you know, there's, it's not, it's that you're the highs and lows this, the lows are nowhere near where they were before. So, um, I would definitely trade them for anything, but you know, there's still doubt creeps in all the time. It's just uh, manifest differently now than it did before. 
Yeah, I, I love that description so much because it's never perfect. And, you know, you, you always hear like the grass is greener argument, right? But it's just different grass, right? Like yeah. it's a completely different thing. I don't know if you guys have read um, one of my favorite books of all time is Mark Manson's The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck. Have you read this? No, so, I have that. It's so good. But the idea is like pick your problems in life. Like, yeah. When it comes to money, do you want to have too much money or not enough money? Because they're, they're problems either way. And yeah. I kind of feel that way about being employed or self-employed. Like, which problems do you want to have? I'm worried yep. about how to take care of my kids or, you know, I'm worried about how to run a business. Like, pick which yeah. one do you want to have in your life? Yeah. Yeah. I and always, really for nice. us, for us, it was always one of those things where we could, you know, break our backs working for somebody else. And it didn't really, you know, push the ball any further down the court for us personally, you know, there's some recognition every once in a while, you may or may not get a promotion eventually. But, you know, now our working for ourselves, there's pretty much a direct correlation in success and in how much work we put in. So if we want to lay around for a week, we may not eat that week, right? But (laughs) if we want to be efficient and, um, you know, work really hard and, and do things like that, ideally, if we're doing things properly, there's, that's going to be reflected positively. So whereas before, you know, it's just, you put in the hours and what do you get out of it? You know, that semi-secure paycheck that's really not secure uh, in the long run. So um, we just like being in control of that. How, um, how is it with being able to support each other? Like, are you guys good at calling each other out when somebody feels like they need to relax a little bit so that you guys can kind of keep going? Cause it seems like that would be an awesome, like a, a, and always coach in your house to say like, dude, you can't, yeah. you can't do this. Yeah. It, and it took us a little while to learn to work together because um, Jackie had worked from home for quite some time, but I had never, I'd always been in an office environment. So it was, you know, it was kind of like our first day and we're in the same house and it was just really weird. And I would say it took like a year maybe before we really got it ironed out. And I think we work great together now, um, but it did well, take some adjustment. Like- he ate lunch at 11 o'clock and I'm thinking, that's a big one. Lunch I'm not time. hungry yet. Like, why are you eating? Or I'm like used to, again, I'm used to like working from home. So, but I would go to my office and be alone all day. And he like kept coming in and like talking to me. And I'm thinking, I, what are you doing here? Or he's like, um, what do you, you know, what do you want for lunch? And I'm thinking it's 1030. I don't know. Like I would usually go in and just like heat up some leftovers where he's much more, I would like to have it a meal so there's little things like that that are this is weird, but I, I think the, the coolest part is that it took about, we were, we worked together. So we move, so we sell our house, our big house. We yeah. move, we buy a 1971 ranch, like straight out of 1971. I mean, huge. So our friends that visited us were like, ah, oh, <laughs> this is so nice you know and, and, and so there's this shift where we and we like you know we paid off our cars we like did these things to financially we had gone through this like when we had that epiphany way back in 2010 we started going through this class financial piece to like pay off debt so it took us a long time right to get to this point so we finally we sell our house we buy a new house and we really just have our our mortgage and so we had to pay off all this debt from our 20s and student loans and all these things and so we're like we need to get our living as cheap as possible so we can afford to do this. And I think that's really important, which is like, I had this misconception that we were going to go and maintain our standard of living, like <laughs> after being self-employed, which is not, I think it was in the back of my mind, even though I know it wasn't true, but you know, you, if you're going to make change in your life, you have to be willing to make change. And for us, that was, we moved to a much cheaper cost of living area. We bought a much less nice house and you know, those are just real things. And so we spent, six months or so. And then we did a big trip for my 35th birthday. And we went and spent two weeks rafting the Grand Canyon together. And at that moment, six months into this crazy trip, we finally reconnected as like a couple, husband and wife. We got away from our kids. We got away from technology. We got away from all these things. And we came back from that trip and it was like, okay, we're we're doing this. It was like a hard reset. And I think that's what it took to finally like clear everything out and uh, kind of start from scratch. Yeah. Yeah. I think that that's super important because I can imagine that there was a point on time on your trip that you were like, okay, this is all worth it because when would we have been able to do this? When would we have both been able to get two weeks off in different jobs to be able to do this before? 
yeah, I don't think it would have been possible because it was always, there was always something. And that's the problem is you always think you have time to do it later and, and you don't, you know, you don't. So yeah. that's like, you got to start living your life now. And that was a huge moment for us. And I, and it's interesting because I would have thought we would be further along than we are today sitting here in 2020. And I'm learning that the journey, it's the journey that you have to learn to love. And that's what success to me is. That's the change that's happened to me, which is like success is us still here. Yeah, success is us. Yep still evolving and like we wouldn't, I would never have thought that we would own our, like we would own multiple businesses now that all do these different things. And we're like, we changed that we've changed the way that we see working with our kids and all these things that have happened. And so I'm learning that my, my, before it was the paycheck, how much can I buy? You know, what promotion can I get? And then now that it's just, it's totally, just totally changed. Yeah, I, I really love that you brought that up because we mentioned before we came on and started recording um, the reason that I started this podcast, which was that crash in 2016. And it's exactly what you just said. Like I went to law school and I, in my head, I just had this point where it was all going to fall into place, right? Nobody talks about the process. There's like this end game. And so I had been practicing law for like four years and I realized that that was my life. And I was like, is this what I really signed up for is like yeah. every single day of this? Because um, you don't right. think about that when you're working towards it, right? You're no. in school, you're building something, but then you hit that plateau and you're like, well, man, this is not what I thought it was going to be at all. Nobody told me about this 40 years that I had to work. Right. So, is it going to um, look like this every single day? Yeah. yeah it's yeah. very eye-opening. Yeah. I love, so I love that you said that it's the journey, not the end game, because I feel like we're taught that from like a, a um, school age time, you know, we go to school, then we go to high school, then we go to college and then you get a job and nobody really talks about what happens after that. Yeah. Um, One so of the things that. Cody said to me probably six months ago, and it's like kind of rocked my thinking as he said, have you noticed that we always ask kids, what do you want to be when you grow up? And then you're supposed question. to, you're supposed to, to give a career choice, right? Cause that's your goal. That's yeah. what success is, is yeah. like, I'm going to grow up to be a fireman. I'm going to grow up to be whatever you want to be, but like, that's who you are. And like, especially having kids, what we have shifted from is we work to make money to live our life. We're not working as who we are. And that's a really big shift because we had, even after we quit our jobs and Cody can really talk more about this, we continue to put our identity now as self-employed people and like our, we wanted our friends to see us to be successful. And like, we just shifted the sickness from one thing to another. And it's, it really hasn't been until we had to finally put to death that identity mm -hmm. until we've are actually now truly doing it. That's been an adventure on its own, but <laughs> I, that question is so, it really sets us up in that mindset that we all, the three of us have had to kind of walk through. Well, you're conditioned from an, from an early age. And like you said, what do you want to be when you grow up? And then it is, you know, what, what are you studying? You know, if you're in college, what are you studying? What are you going to be? And then when you get into the professional world and you meet somebody, you know, what do you do for a living? So like everything is defined by your job. Yeah. And I just think it's such a, for us, it was, it's just a, it's a bad mindset to have because when all of those expectations are put on you, especially from an early age, then there's this you know, you're trying to fulfill, you know, I have to have the best possible answer for all these other people because they're going to ask me this and it's not necessarily what's the best for you. And it really, I mean, it, it took us, it was a hard process, but once we finally kicked that and now, I, you know, I don't care if somebody asks, you know, and it's like the more embarrassing the answer, it's almost the better, right? Yes. You know, so, um, so now it's, it's, it's very freeing though, when you get to that point. <laughs> we joke, uh, we joke that we, uh, what does Cody always say? Um, he says, we sell stuff on, on Etsy. <laughs> we like, don't. I and there's Etsy nothing shop. wrong with Etsy, but we just think it's a funny answer. You know? Yeah. No, I, well, I, a ridiculous question requires a ridiculous response, right? right? Yeah. yeah. Um, so on that point, because I think it's so powerful, I hate that question. And, and yeah. the reason is because after learning what I know about the way that the human mind works, like, I feel like every time we're asking kids, what do you want to be when you grow up? We're telling them that they're not good enough as they are, that they have to figure out something else to be in order to like impress people. Exactly what you were just saying. 
um, a really good friend of mine had a daughter who was like 13, 14 and came home crying from school one day because they were having career day and they were like, okay, go around and tell us what you want. And she's like, I didn't know. Why can't I just be me? Like, why does everybody want to know what I want to be? And I was like, that's so powerful. And something I don't think we take enough time to teach our kids about. Yeah. And it, we're both, Cody and I are both the go-getter type. I mean, that was like, we're just, we've always been those people. Um, we, you know, always were pursuing uh, leadership and the promotions and that stuff has kind of come natural to us. But when we had our daughter, I, she's like the polar opposite person. <laughs> I mean, she, if you've ever read the children's book, Ferdinand, who likes to sit under the cork tree and smell the flowers. I mean, that's how she is. And, um, so we, you know, all of a sudden I get this person who like, well, it completely shattered my view of what success looks like because I had to realize that the people that I used to judge is like, well, they want to sit under the tree and smell the flowers. And that's like literally how they're wired. And here I am like, you know, going, I don't think there's anything wrong with her. And I think she has these gifts and talents and abilities that maybe the world doesn't really value. Yeah. But, but I see she's an amazing person with like this insane creative, like stuff going on. And like, we're always like struggling because we're not like the feeler types and she's like extra, extra, extra feeler. (laughs) And so as her parents, like we, it really like what you've talked about is like, well, what you have to start to figure out what is success. And I look at her and I'm like, what do I want for her? I want her to find a life that does that she finds fulfilling that utilizes her gifts and talents and abilities. And if she doesn't go and make a ton of money, am I okay with that? And then you start to look at your life and start to ask the same thing. So it's like that exposure to somebody who is so different than me, but who I love, right? With my whole heart, all of a sudden, all of that was kind of happening at the same time. And so you just start to get your world rocked is like, wait a second, everything that I have thought through my perspective, I have to start seeing it from another perspective. And that perspective change really helps to get the guts, right? To go and do something crazy like this. Yeah. I love that so much. So let's talk about what you guys are doing right now, because I know that when we came on, um, you were kind of talking about this blog that you're doing before we started recording and the idea that you were shocked that so many people were going to be interested in this, in this shift, which I think is, is super cool. So what do you guys have going on now with your businesses? All right. Well, we've got a few things going on actually. So we mentioned earlier, we had started a business way back where, our first business idea when we were still both employed was an e-commerce business. And that's what we started and have run it for years. That was kind of the, that was our plan, right? To take that and, and to move it down the road and to grow it. And we were growing and had good success there. But again, we were starting to get into that rut again of this is not, now we're doing a job just to make money and it's just a job. So we're like, this needs to change. So um, we kind of phased out the e-commerce and we just hate, used I mean, like, we hated it. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was just a, you know, it was just, we're, we found ourselves in the same position, right? Yeah. Where it's like, well, how do we make more money? How do we do this? So we started getting into that again. Um, so now we both do, you know, we both do consulting. We have an internet marketing business and then I do some security consulting and training and things like that. And then, you know, we do a lot of writing. So just content creation to kind of like the, the, our story and finding out that that's interesting. That's like a new thing that we're just exploring because it's kind of hard to believe that anybody would be interested in hearing about what we're doing. So, you know, most of that just can't come from telling people what's going on. And they're just, they're kind of like, you know, I can't believe y'all are doing that, or I wish I would do that, or that is so cool. And we're thinking, how can you even find this conversation interesting right now? Because it's literally like we're repeating our day and who wants to, you know, who finds that interesting? So so that's something new for us to start trying to find an outlet to share that with people and then, you know, kind of taking it from there, I guess, and see what it turns into. Yeah. But it's like taking what we did for, for our paid job and then now yeah. we just do consulting work so we can live where we want. Uh, we had to learn a ton of new skills, which was so hard. Like I'm not a natural salesperson. I, either is Cody. So you have to like learn to market yourself. So like learning marketing skills where you can are willing to put yourself out there um, and explain to people. And I mean, I even, I remember I had just, we had just moved here and I had started my consulting company and I had left my old agency with a large client 
and they were like, all right, send us an invoice. And I actually Googled how to, how to make an invoice because I had never invoiced a client before. Cause I always, I worked for a large consultancy. They always invoiced everything. So like, and then even like learning to do your taxes and like, I don't know how, we don't know how to do taxes. So we're like QuickBooks and spending eight hours together in a room. And we're just like hating this cause it won't freaking reconcile. Like those are the things, right. That you have to just figure it out. And, and that's part of this journey is of self-employment is now we'll just go start a new business. Like literally we'll just go file the paperwork. It's easy. But five years ago, we were so intimidated by the thing of starting a business. Well, now we have, I don't even know, four businesses. I don't even know how many we have. And so there's just like all these things that, you know, it's just different because we've shifted with just that mind shift change. Yeah. That idea of learning how to run a business is so terrifying. And I think it's something that people kind of will hold people back a ton. Um, because they don't know what they don't know. So this idea that it's overwhelming is holding them back. But if they had any idea just how much they didn't know, they would be completely terrified. Because yeah. once you get into it, you're like, I didn't even know all this stuff existed. Like it's I knew so I don't know how to invoice, but I didn't know any of this existed. Right, yeah. right. So we have my, my consultancy. I do uh, digital marketing, mostly in the healthcare and enterprise space. Cody's got his consulting, uh, in terms of physical security. And then we have a couple different blog properties that we make money through, through like ad networks. And so we just write, a, like a kind of a, on a bunch of different topics. And then, so we have these like different buckets for us and it's, it's just so interesting how it's working. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's working as in, and again, what a success we are able to keep paying our bills we're able to continue to have full control over what we're doing with our time. And it's still work. I mean, we still sit down and work and our kids go to school so we ha can work. And this uh, coronavirus thing has been incredibly difficult trying to have our kids home <laughs> while we're still trying to, so it's not, we're not like on the beach, you know, with our stuff, you know, just like making all the money entrepreneurial, like none of that is real. Yeah. Most people aren't. And I'm so glad you said not. none of that yeah. was real because people think that's what they're getting into with entrepreneurial stuff. And it is not. It's yeah. so much harder than I thought. You, you almost I, I end up like working it. a lot more sometimes than yeah. if you were to work for somebody else, because there's, there's a lot on the line and you, you want to find, you know, whatever that definition of success is. I mean, there are times like these past few weeks, we've been extremely busy. And then there'll be times when there's a lot more downtime because there's just less clients and things like that. So, you know, it takes more financial planning because we don't have a guaranteed amount being deposited into our account every two weeks. So, you know, the first time we had to go for a while without a paycheck, that was very eye opening for us. Right. So we have to learn to manage and budget and uh, all those things. So, you know, like you said earlier, there's so much to learn, but if you knew all there was, you would never do it. So it's good just to step in because I think it's the best, it's the best teacher is the experience. So that's, that's the only way to do it, in my opinion. Yeah. I mean, you could read every book and think you have it figured right. out. I mean, that's when I started my law firm, that's exactly what I did. I have to know everything. Right. right. And yes. so I prepared for all these problems that I knew about just to run into problems I didn't know about when yeah. I started my <laughs> business. So. Spot on. That's spot on. And that's Crazy. really the mistake we made is like, we wish that we would have just the e-commerce site, it's, and it's really funny, people's expectations. They, when Cody quit his job, they were like, that's so awesome that your e-commerce site is, has replaced your income. And I think our income that month was $350. Yeah. And we were like, it's like, well, it paid our electric bill almost. So <laughs> I don't know, you know, but it's just, that was just funny. But, um, you know, we, we, it took us, 18 months to get the stupid thing turned on. And if I could just go back and be like, launch the freaking site with one product, because no one's going to find it anyway. And you are going to learn so much just by doing it right. Then rather than trying to get it perfect. But there's just this thinking you treat it the same as your corporate job and it's not, and you have to be right. okay with that. Yeah. It took me a really long time to get to the point where I was, and, and I still don't think I'm there actually. I, I have to challenge myself constantly to get to the idea of like imperfect action, like just go out there and do it. Cause yes. I find myself in that circle all the time of it's gotta be perfect. It's gotta be perfect. And then that yeah. head kicks in and you're like, it's never going to be perfect. No, it's not. And I, you know, we had, we, we bought this house, right? 1971 house. And we, we joked that it was our two year house. <laughs> so that was in December of 2016. Yep. Okay. So we're here. We're still here. 
And so it is also like, and I'm okay with that because we tell joke all the time. I'm like, our goal is to buy land and build a house on it and live there forever. And, you know, could we do it right now? Probably. But is it, is it, would it put us at risk of having to go out and get regular jobs to make sure we could make, if something, if we were to have another span of no work. And so it's like, we're a lot more cautious because we don't want to go back to that life in our twenties where we were in, we had you know, tens of thousands of dollars in credit card debt and student loans. And both had, we had two car payments and then we had this big house and, you know, we were paying an arm and a leg for childcare and like all those things. Like we don't want to go back to that. So here we, those are the choices you make. We are going to stay in this house longer, which is not my dream house in order, because I value our, the life that I've chosen more. And I, and, and you have to really, you have to be able to walk in, walk in that. Yeah, that's super, super powerful and important because I mean, you mentioned it before with your standard of living and saying that, you know, you thought you were going to be able to keep that and then you realized that you weren't. But to realize that, you know, you like this lifestyle that you have. And I feel like based on this conversation, you guys will agree with me, but I would do everything in my power to not have a boss ever again in my life. Like if I had to go work for somebody else, it's just not happening. Like. Um, We have that conversation all the time and it's just, I'm with you. It's just like, I can't, there's no, I can't even envision that scenario now in my head. So it's comes down to, it's like, whatever we have to do to make it work is what we're going to do. So, and a lot of that is for us, it's like whenever we're making mistakes or there's some failure, it's like identifying that immediately and fixing it and not letting it carry on. So it's like any little failure that comes up, okay, this is not working. We're going to kill it and we're going to, get our, our um, direction straightened back out. And I think that's, that's one of the big keys for us that so far is learning and it hasn't been easy, but learning to address those things really fast. Don't worry about it. Make the change, chalk it up as a learning experience and then, you know, keep moving forward. Yeah. That's so, that's so important for people to hear. So we've talked about success a ton up through this point, and I think it's been a super valuable conversation. Um, But I ask every single one of my guests this, and I'm really interested to see your answers and how different or alike they are. So for each one of you, how do you define success now? What, how do you know when you're successful? For me, it's, it is success is now defined as uh, being in control of our lives, kind of in, in like taking that back. So as long as that we're able, as long as we're able to, work for ourselves, you know, live where we want to live and, you know, kind of do the things that we want to do within reason, right? We're not talking about on the beach type scenario, but um, we're not, you know, we're not struggling. So it's like, if we can maintain that in an area where we want, I think that would be success and not being under the control of someone else who's directing what we do during the day. Um, you know, on a, on a, I think that's at least from like when you're meshing professional and personal life, I think that would be my definition of success. Yeah, and I, I think I think success is maintaining the goal of keeping our family healthy. And for us, you know, we're those like weird parents who both go pick up our kids right at three o'clock in the afternoon, like both of us in the car together, and Love it. being able to work together and uh, go places together, and like be able to show our kids. Um, what hard work looks like, but then also that the family unit is a huge focus for us. And that it's just, to me, it's just so important to maintain us. And in order to do that, I think what Cody said is right. Like that's not, I can't be driving, you know, uh, an hour and a half, one way to go to work or, you know, traveling a ton for work like that, that doesn't fit into that anymore. So it's like, that to me is if we can maintain that, then I'm going to say this is, this whole thing is successful. That's awesome. And you mentioned it a little bit when you were talking about your e-commerce business and the idea that you absolutely hated it and got into it for the money. And so that kind of brings me into this relationship between success and fulfillment. Because I feel like sometimes those terms are used interchangeably without really trying to understand the relationship to them. And so for you guys, does success come first followed by fulfillment or is fulfillment mandatory for you guys to be successful? For me, it's uh, fulfillment's definitely if, if we are feeling, if we are fulfilled, that is success. And I think that, you know, um, 
And it's such a subjective question. That's a very good question, by the way, because I guess it's, so, it's very subjective and personal because, you know, when we're looking at society standards, they would probably say that we are a failure and not successful, right? But we are, I feel very fulfilled doing what we're doing with our family life and, the, and you know, the quality of that. So that is the success to me. But I've had success that wasn't fulfilling. And there was a clear distinction. You know, early on, I didn't really realize that. And I think maturity has a lot to do with it. Um, I've had success that definitely was not fulfilling, fulfilling, but every fulfilled moment in my life has been a success. So I think it, for me, it has to come, fulfillment has to come first. I would agree. And I think hitting success early, I mean, we both hit well over six figures in our twenties. So putting that together, you know, we were making a lot of money from the outsider's perspective that's successful. And I feel really fortunate that I hit success quote success early because then I realized that it's a scam oh, <laughs> like this I is not that. this yeah. is not wait a second we even have a boy and a girl we have like the two kids we have a black lab dog we have the house two cars I mean I feel like you cannot get more picture perfect than yeah, they lied to had. us yeah and it was a lie it was a total lie because I feel like it's not about success it's about fulfillment and if that means that you buy a van and drive around the country and you pursue awesome hikes and that's your fulfillment, then that's awesome for you. And like, whatever your thing is, if you want to go farm and have 20 kids, then that's six, then that's success for you. So I feel like to me, it's about uh, finding what does, what fulfills you and then how can I live on that? And then that can, you know, sustain you until your definition of success is met is met. I think that that's a super well-worded answer. Um, and as far as the question is concerned, I had never thought about this myself either. And I was probably 15 or 20 interviews into this when I realized that like people would say success and fulfillment. And I was like, man, like this is something that needs to be explored yeah. a little bit more. And I've so much enjoyed getting everybody's answers, um, including yours, because they're so well thought out. As far as for anybody listening, that's kind of on that edge thinking about starting their business. They're somewhere in between where you guys were. And then five years later, when you finally started, what advice do you have for them on kind of moving into the self-employed entrepreneurial space? For me, it's, you know, learning from our mistakes. It is just to take action and not wait for everything to be perfect because that's really going to stall everything. And a lot of times it can be a stumbling block, block that prevents people from ever doing it. So um, you're going to have to take risk, but with that risk, there's a lot of reward. I mean, the success that you see, those small little victories when you, when you start working for yourself, they're like huge. I mean, people may not see it as much, but as, um, as a budding entrepreneur, you're like, man, this was like the hardest thing ever, and this is the biggest victory. So it's like just starting as soon as you can, taking a chance. And it's also really, really reevaluating finances, you know, what, what you're spending your money on, what you need in your life to actually live. Because I feel like financial um, security, what we think is necessary and what's really necessary are two different things. And I think debt really holds people back a lot too. So being, being smart with that, if you have debt, get rid of it because that will give you a lot more freedom to pursue, um, you know, some business ventures early on. I love yeah. that answer. And, and I actually love that you talked about understanding your finances because I think there are a lot of people and I used to fall into this category that would just bury their head in the sand and be like, as yeah. long as I can pay my yeah. bills, nothing else matters. And you can't be like that as an entrepreneur. The number one thing that holds people back is money. But there was a quote I saw recently and it was like something along the lines of, it doesn't cost a lot of money to live, but it costs a lot of money to look like you have money. And, and I was just like, you know, that was that thing that just really got me, which is when we incurred so much debt, as, as much as we wanted to dream about doing something different, we couldn't because we literally had bills all like all these bills that we had to pay. And so the, as we started to pay off debt and like all of a sudden our dreams started to become possible, it seemed like you run the numbers and you're like, oh my gosh. And I, we were driving back from Colorado uh, on a family vacation camping trip. And it was probably 2014. And I came across the Google doc. Was it last year? I think Cody. Yeah. And I read it to him and I was like, we did it. All these things here 
these were, this is the list of stuff we had to do to move. And here it was, we had actually done it. Now it took us literally double, which I'm learning. That's like our rule. <laughs> I have to double the time. Just double the time. Yep. Double the time every single time. But I found it and it, but the thing that started it all was when we started to pay off debt in 2010. Yeah. When we decided, and it took us a long time, but like, you know, we had student loans and graduate school and like all those things. And it's like, we had to pay all that stuff off, but like, you can't move forward if you don't have, if you can't get food and shelter. So it's like, you have to figure that out. But that quote reminds me, it's like, what I think I have to have. I don't really need. Yeah. That's one of those things that like actually physically hits you and hurts a little bit when you hear it because it's so true. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Well, I have really enjoyed our conversation. I think it's been so valuable. Um, Where can people track down your blog, your businesses as they want to follow you? Where's the best place for them to find you? Yeah. So we just launched fosteading.com and that's going to be a little bit of our just documenting our journey and, uh, how we are going to be achieving our ultimate dream, which I said is to to buy land and build a house um, out in the area that uh, Cody grew up in, and uh, and so we live in this kind of perceived temporary house for four years now, but um, kind of documenting our journey. And so we would love to have people follow along at at fostudying.com. And for um, those that are out there wondering, how do you, what's the spelling on that for them? It is. F-A-U-X steading. So it's like fake homesteading, F-A-U-X-S-T-E-A-D-I-N-G.com. Awesome. And we will throw that in the show notes as well, but just in case they don't check down there so that they can track it down. And then that is obviously for kind of your journey on, on from here. And you're going to be posting and blogging on that. Is that right? Yeah. So our, we're calling it redefining self-sufficiency. So there's this idea that, um, you know, the old homestead, homestead, you know, back in the day was like, you grew your own food and and built your own house and you were completely self-sufficient. Well, we work in a digital age and, you know, I still like to go buy fish tacos and, you know, like groceries at the, at the the grocery store. So there's like this, like, how can we redefine self-sufficiency from a work standpoint and a money and a finances and, and still have that, you know, idea of, of being able to be a hundred percent self-sufficient but still, you know, not a hermit and engaged in the world. <laughs> so can we, can we do both and can we accomplish both? Yeah. yeah, I think it's so interesting what you just said, because we went from this time where we were completely self-sufficient, right? And mm-hmm. I think obviously people would say that going back to that point would be a huge return. You know, we'd all be going backwards, but it's not always that, that case. Like we are so tied to electronics to money. We're so far in debt and finding that balance between being self-sufficient and being involved in the world at the same time is more important than I think people take time to realize. Yeah. Cause you don't have to be living out in the middle of nowhere to be self-sufficient. It's about, you know, you hear these stories of people that have dedicated their whole life to a company and retire and then their pension disappears. Right. So you are not self-sufficient. You have put all of your eggs in this basket. And so as the workplace is shifting as our country shifts into the, you know, fully um, digital age. And especially with coronavirus really accelerating that, you know, we're seeing people who've never ordered groceries online, do it, do it for the first time. And so all this shift is taking place and it's like, how can I as an individual accomplish and find fulfillment and, and redefine success in today's world? How can we, how is it relevant? And I, that's kind of what we're, and this is like, we don't have it figured out we're like on this journey and we do not have it figured out, but we're like, you know, maybe this can inspire somebody else to make that leap. Cause I think that they will be really happy that they did it. Yeah. Anybody who comes on any podcast, including mine and says they do have it figured out is full of shit. So, um, you know, it's completely <laughs> exactly. okay to not have it figured out because none of us do. Yep. Yeah. So, um, I think it's really interesting because, um, first of all, I was just looking at your website and I am so hungry after looking at your salmon fish tacos recipe. <laughs> Freaking amazing. Do you guys take your own pictures for that and do all of that? Or do you guys contract out for those things? We do. Yeah. We, um, so I come from, you know, a digital marketing background and that's why we were like, Hey, we should consider doing this. And so we're, (laughs) I mean, like part of me is like, I don't want to put myself out there, but then at the (laughs) same time, I really wish I had somebody and we would, didn't have to do it alone. 
because we did it alone and it sucks and it's hard and it's like you don't I don't want folks to feel like they they have to do it alone because there's other people like us out there and I really would love to have more of that community where we are all doing this and trying to figure it out together because it's there's something so encouraging like you're even like listening to a podcast like this where you can hear other people's perspective to be like, oh, I'm so glad I'm not the only one who showed up to work today wondering what am I doing here? Yeah. Yeah. And I think social media gets a bad rap sometimes because of what you just said, um, especially from an older generation. That's like, why are you putting your entire life out online? But I think that there's a fine line between that person um, who has the intention of putting their life online and the person who has the intention of adding value to other people. And you can always tell which camp people fall in um, and whether or not you want to associate with them based upon whether they're just trying to get attention. So I think that that's um, really important as people are pushing themselves through to um, allow themselves to be visible uh, is the value that it adds to other people. Yeah. You won't find Cody taking selfies and putting it out there. (laughs) That goes against every fiber of my being. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Somebody tried to bring a selfie stick in my car once and I told them that they could either bring the selfie stick or they could, they could walk or they could leave it outside. So there's no place for that. (laughs) (laughs) There is no place for something that ridiculous. That's that's awesome. So we'll go ahead and put that in the show notes. I think that's super cool what you guys are doing and I'm excited to follow that and see your journey. Um, Before we end, I would love to give people an opportunity to kind of get to know you guys a little bit and do a fun little random round. Are you okay with that? Let's do it. Yep. All right. So what profession other than your own do you think would be fun to attempt? I would love to be a professional speaker, which is so random. Fishing guide. I'd love to be a fishing guide. Those both sound amazing. And you absolutely have so much to speak about, Jackie. So you should actually make that happen. That does not have to be far-fetched. If you could time travel, where would you like to go and why? Man, that's a good one. You know, I've always loved the, I mean, it's not that far, but you know, like the beginning of the industrial revolution, we got to interview Cody's grandma before she passed away. And she kind of like walked us through those early days of like first getting electricity as a teenager and like all this cool. I just love that like the people that were inventing things that we still use today is amazing to me. So like electricity roads, like I just take for granted all of this stuff, like the stoplight, like who, this is (laughs) right. Like who came up with this? So we don't hit each other. I would love to kind of like see all of that development because it's so, it just happens so quickly in the course of, of human history. Yeah. Yeah. I would think for me it'd be, you know, late 1700s, early 1800s back, you know, towards the birth of this country, just because of, I think the, the pioneer spirit of those folks is what we're missing today. And like the risk they had to take, everything they did was a risk and everything they took a chance on everything. And I just, you know, whenever, if, if I was to live during that time period, you really don't have much choice other than to do those things. So I think we've lost some of that. And, and if we could reclaim it somehow uh, in this day and age, I think it would really free up a lot of people, but I, I would definitely even though, you know, missing a shower every day might be tough. So I had to figure out something on that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. I like that answer. Um, as far as personality traits or qualities or skills, whichever one of those you want to pick, what has been most helpful in getting you from where you were at to where you are now? I am a, I love personality tests. I geek out on that stuff. I'm an ENTP, uh, which is extroverted, intuitive thinker, perceiver. And I think that I'm really hard-headed. I think that you have to be somewhat hard-headed and be like resolute in that this is going to work and I just have to grind it more. Like that's how I see it. I, I really truly believe that it is, we live in America and I feel so fortunate as a woman to live here uh, versus other parts of the world. And I truly believe that if you want it, the opportunity is there for you to take it, but you just cannot give up. And I, it just, that fundamental belief and hardheadedness, I think has allowed me to, it's really tough, like emotionally, physically, it's hard to grind through some of these weeks. Uh, and, and when your family doesn't, isn't really supportive or when you feel crazy for doing it or, oh my gosh, are my kids going to have food to eat? Like all those questions, right? So you have, I just, I'm thankful that I have that personality trait where I can just be like, screw you. I'm going to keep, I'm going to keep doing this. That's awesome. 
Yeah, and, and not to piggyback, I, unfortunately, by default or however you want to look at it, I'm also very educated on personality types now because Jackie talks about it all the time. So um, as a registered introvert, which I am, I, I, that is actually, I think that's worked well for me going from an office environment to working from home where there's not a lot of external stimulation. Um, that and the fact that I like to-do lists and uh, like very task oriented. So like those two things combined have worked well for me stepping out into the um, business world on our own, because it's not like, you know, we didn't, we didn't quit our jobs and then walk right into our office the next day with a full team around us where we could engage with people around the water cooler and all that kind of stuff. So I think that's worked well for me where some people might kind of struggle with it a little bit. So you'd have to find another solution, but that's definitely worked well for me. Awesome. And for both of you, do you like to read? Are you like actual readers or do you like listening to audiobooks? I can't read a book. I'm just like, <laughs> I have, don't have. <laughs> I'm such a big podcast listener. So audiobooks or podcasts, I just, I like, I think I have, I, I think I, I do have um, adult ADD. And so I really just need that. <laughs> Cody is shaking his head. Uh, yes. No uh, comment, but comment. Yeah. Right. <laughs> but, if I'm doing like, in separate rooms and we are, we yeah, are. For sure. <laughs> but if I'm like doing dishes or something like that, like in the evenings and on the weekends, I love to listen to something and how it keeps my mind. Yeah. I like podcasts, but I don't, I don't, I don't feel like I retain the information as well. So I definitely prefer print over podcast, even though I engage in both of those. And um, do you guys have a book that you've gifted the most to people or recommended the most? Or a podcast, if you're both podcast, good mm, podcast yeah. listeners. Uh, I am um, uh, Donald Miller's building a building a story brand. <sighs> so good, so good. So I that's something I always recommend because I think clarity is really important in terms of communicating anything. So it doesn't matter if you're a small business owner or if you're writing a resume for your corporate job, but if you make it about you and you position yourself as the hero, nobody wants to hear you talk. And so it's like all about being a guide and helping others. And, and I think that's such an important position to take in life is like, how can I help others? How can I help them do what they're wanting to do? And if you position that correctly in what you're doing, then all your whole life changes. And I think it's such an important, it's business, it's a business book, but I think it's a really a life book. Yeah, that was the first marketing book that was ever recommended to me when I opened my law firm. And it was so amazing because we don't think like that enough in the marketing world. No. Mm-mm. Yeah, it's so like, I, by default, again, Jackie's influenced me heavily and I've, I've been drawn into that. But, you know, there's a lot of truths in there that will really help you, especially starting out. Um, but there's another book that I, I really like personally that kind of speaks to me um, called Wild at Heart. And it's basically looking at, uh, in a nutshell, it's kind of like the things that make you tick inside and, you know, how those manifest in life and how they affect the relationships around you. And, you know, really none of that has to do with finding your identity in work. So I think for me, it's very, you know, to break that mold that that has been, you know, formed around us our whole life. I think that's really helped um, kind of identify, you know, or make me look internally, like what really, what are the things we enjoy in life? And when you start digging into that work was not even at the top of the list anywhere. So, you know, it was like, okay, here are all the things that we enjoy as a family. And then also individually, how can we support those? Like our jobs just to support that. So what can we do to support what we really enjoy doing and what we find fulfilling? And, um, you know, so that's kind of, it was just a mental shift for me. So that's definitely a good book for folks to check out. Yeah. And I really hope that people take a second to listen to what you just said. So I'm going to point it out again, where you just said that your job is just meant to support your life. And it doesn't matter whether you're an entrepreneur. It doesn't matter whether you're employed by somebody else. The fact of the matter is that's all your job is doing is giving you money so you can support the life that you want to have, which I think is something that like you just mentioned, people don't think about enough. Um, We're so career oriented. So I love that you just mentioned that and lastly, because I'm a huge music nerd, I have to know, like, what's your pump-up song? What motivates you? Gets you out of bed in the morning? Kind of gets your head right. I, this is, like, going to probably shock you. I don't listen to, I'm, like, a non-music person. Does that okay. exist? I love podcasts. I'm, we're just going to, like, I struggle with, with, I mean, I like music, 
but I'm the kind of person who's like, yeah, that sounds good. I'm <laughs> I have no, and Cody makes fun of me all the time because he'll play like a song from like 2005 and I'm like, oh, this is really good. And he's like, this is a 15 year old song. But I just like never. It's like the first time she's ever heard it. You know? <laughs> I mean, That's I, awesome. it, it's just like, I can't, I like struggle, right? I just feel like my brain is not wired that way, but I, I just love learning cool things from other people. And so I just like, I, I just nerd out on that stuff. So it's a horrible, horrible answer. No, I I love it. I love, I love everybody's different opinions (laughs) and, and you're not the first person, if it makes you feel better to tell me they don't listen to music when I ask that question. So, okay. Yeah. And as a family, that's another thing we're worried about. We don't listen to music really as a family either, but I, I do listen more than she does. And I think given the area that we live in and just, I like, you know, a, a genre of music called Texas country. Yes, and it's you like and me a, both. Yeah. So, you know, it's like it, a lot of it speaks to the area we live and like things that are going on. And so we'll listen to that. And there are stations here locally that, that play that specifically. So we're kind of lucky to live in that area if you're into that stuff. Um, so that's kind of, that would be my, if I was to choose, I would probably choose that as something that just to have going, um, you know, yeah, reflect on life, I guess. Sounds kind of deep, but it's not that deep. It's kind of just background music, you know. <laughs> I mean, Texas country is amazing. So I have a lot yeah. of friends up here that are country fans, and we have the NFR that comes up to Vegas every year. Okay. And yeah. every year that it happens, Texas country floods Vegas, and it's my favorite 10 days of yeah. Vegas. So and I drag them all around. And you've got like Keith Urban here and George Straits here, and I'm like, no, forget those guys. We got like Randy <laughs> Rogers over here. Yeah. And, like, you got to go take care of that. So um, I, the Texas country music scene is where my heart is. So I can tell totally you go. That's so fun, awesome. man. That's awesome. Yeah. It's a good time. Um, I have really appreciated the conversation. Again, we'll have your um, website posted in the show notes for people to come check you out there and shoot you a message if they want to follow up with anything. Um, but I think it's so cool what you guys have done and the way that you're incorporating that into your life now and building a business on that. Um, and I really appreciate you taking the time to come chat with me. It's so funny, Amber. Yeah, thanks for I, having us. It's so us. weird to like think back and look at it because, like I said, we take it for granted because, like, here we are. But you know, you look back at it, and I'm like, man, I I just want people to know that their journey will look totally different, but it's a hundred percent possible. Like, yeah. you can do this. Just maybe double your timeline. <laughs> double your timeline. Double, yeah. double your timeline. Yeah, that's awesome. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode of the show. I hope that something that was said resonated with you or provided value to you in one way or another. I'd love to hear more about your thoughts on the show. You can reach out to me on Facebook or Instagram at Amber Furman. Also, I've created a Facebook community for followers of the show to interact with me and other members of the community. You can find that on Facebook at More Than Corporate. So go ahead and join that group if you'd like to stay up to date on podcast happenings and meet some really cool people. Again, thanks so much for tuning in.